Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snow White. a chance to sit down with Corey Ruth recently at the Project Healing Waters Two Fly Tournament down at the Rose River Farm and Corey and Langston and Jim and I all camped out at the Bluegill slash Bass Pond and had a raging campfire going. We were smoking cigars and there was bourbon and there was beer, there was wine and we all hung out after the rainstorm and uh, decided to sit down with Corey and record a podcast. So this is series two Episode four, interview kayak fly fishing and Corey Ruth. Take it away. We're here with Corey Ruth from Ruthless Outdoor Adventures. This is probably the coolest podcasting location yet. We're by a campfire on Rose River Farm, smoking cigars, having a little drink. So, uh, Corey, let's talk about your business, where you fish, what you fish from. You got a book out, your involvement with healing waters, and anything else you want to go with. All right, cool, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, I uh, I do kayak fishing tours down in Virginia Beach, and we we pretty much go after any fish species we can paddle a kayak to, whether it be largemouth bass in Back Bay, or you know trout, or or flounder and stuff in Rudy Inlet, and some of the the beaches. I mean, the coastal areas around Virginia Beach. So it's a kind of a great fishery. But I've been involved with Project Healing Waters probably from the beginning since they they came to be in this area. Um, we started a kayak fishing tournament about nine years ago, and they were our, where we sent our money to for for our charity for that tournament. What kind of kayak should somebody, is there like a beginner's kayak that people start with and then kind of move up to something a little more technical? Well, there's like, there are so many different boats out there right now. I mean, somebody just coming in this sport, it's got to be almost confusing to them. 
But uh, there are certain boats out there that are better for certain types of fisheries, certain areas, and all that. But uh, specifically, I deal with a company called Freedom Hawk, and what's special about our boats is they're designed so you can stand and fish from them. So it's a little more specific for the flying where it wants to stand up and be able to sight cast and, you know, just get up off the water so you can actually see. Any particular weight rod you guys normally fish down on the coast? Well, we kind of like to go with, like, I, I prefer a six weight because I like kind of going a little bit light for those fish. I mean, our fish probably average about, you know, between, between five and ten pounds, so it's nothing huge. But, uh, you yeah, know, five or six weight, and then if the wind starts blowing, I might go up to a nine. What about flies? Any particular patterns? I'm sure clouser minnows. <laughs> yeah, the clouser is pretty much our go-to fly, and we'll tie them in different colors and different lengths, different weights to, you know, do whatever we want them to do. But, um and definitely we use the intermediate lines i mean we like to be able to fish deep with the deep clouds with the heavy clousers or tom light and keep them up near the surface is there a certain season for each fish or do you guys fish year-round fish come in with you know gulf stream getting warmer in the fall coming close to shore yeah we you know we start in january and that's when the big stripers are here in, in virginia beach and we get out there and throw big fly patterns to those guys and then usually our season is pretty much the warmer months. We'll start about May, and we'll we can go as far as December. It's going to how mild the winter is. But like I said, we do we specialize in the inshore, the skinny water species, just like they have down south. Sight fishing? Are you guys blind casting, just hunting for these? It's a little bit of both. Um, some some of the places like Rudy has really clear ocean water in it, so you can actually look for fish. But Lynnhaven tends to be a little bit dirtier, so you're looking for busting bait, you know, fishing structure, a lot of oyster bars and a lot of piers and stuff that are you know the hold fish, and we're more structure fishing there. So oyster bar is probably pretty sharp. You got to use a heavy leader if the fish go over them. Yeah, we we uh, do break a bunch of them off, but uh, I mean it's funny because the guy was asking me what kind of leader I use, and we actually use about six foot of twenty pound fluorocarbon for just about everything except speckled trout. We'll go down to ten, but um, you know they turn over fine with the heavier rods, and and it's fluorocarbon, so they don't see it. You've got a, a book out that was a, a gift today from the little fishing tournament we had here. I want to talk about the book and, and what people can find inside of it, but they have to buy the book. We're not giving all the secrets here now. Yeah, it's Kayak Fishing, The Complete Guide, and it's actually in its second. Um, it's in, in its, <laughs> I gave a couple of them free away today, but it's in its second printing now, a second edition, and it's done real well. I mean, it sold 5,000 copies in less than a year. So, And I was just told by the publisher who's here today is that it is actually their best-selling ebook right now. But it's a, it's a basic guide. It's it's made for people that are just getting into the sport. And it has a couple of things that can help some more advanced people. And there's a section in the back of some of the favorite places that I like to go to fish. And actually different locations, even in Canada and California, Hawaii and all that. So it's kind of a great, well-rounded book for somebody new. A lot of people in the D.C. area, we're pretty limited to space. I keep my kayak at my parents' house 20 miles away. There's a lot of talk right now on the, the local TPFR message board. That's the title, Potomac Fly Riders, uh, about inflatable kayaks. Any pros or cons to those? I guess people like them because they can just keep them in their trunk or in a closet and then just pump them up when they're at the water. Well, in the past, it was a lot of people were worried about them around, uh, you know, saltwater, especially around those oysters and all. But they have actually come a long way with the construction on those boats. I mean, they are the Navy SEALs trust them to go into combat situations. So, I mean, they are built bulletproof and 
Um, I think it's a great alternative for somebody that doesn't have the space to store a regular kayak, and they're actually getting a little more streamlined. A good example is the Pike that just came out by NRS. I actually saw one in the store, and it's basically a sit-on-top blow-up kayak. It's really cool. I used to hear the term to pimp out your kayak with all sorts of bells and whistles. Can you do that to an inflatable kayak? And then if you can talk about like additions to kayaks that people do, the term pimping them out. Well, the inflatable boats, they, they sell these plates you know that you can attach to them using the the glue pads and all but the pike actually has um, a company called scotty out there they do all the the rod holders i use and actually scotty has worked with some of these other companies to make a pad that will glue onto the inflatable raft and then you can actually screw your scotty attachment and then that gives you a variety of rod holders from fly rod holders to big trolling rod holders so i mean it's just a great way to you know to put those things on your boat and you can attach the fish finders to the scotties i mean it's just really a a great way to to pimp out your boat and of course they can work on any other kayak too and it's just i mean it's really according on how far you're willing to go with a boat some people really put too much stuff on there but i mean it's the sky's the limit i've seen them with fish finders gps's even electric motors i saw you got the gopro on yours today you a big fan of the gopro I do like the GoPro. It doesn't fill in for a real video that's got great sound. I mean, I don't have good sound, but for, for just getting the gripping grins and getting really cool video and being in such a small package, they're hard to beat. So one of the guys in the Potomac saw a snakehead in the shallows recently and got one on that, that new stick thing that attaches to, and he got that camera right. It shows how these fish have no fear. He was bouncing it off the fish's face, and it had no fear. I'd probably drop mine in the water and lose it. Was he? They actually make a floating back door for those things so they will not go away. They do sink, but they, and I actually have a, a handle called a bobber that's made by a company called uh, GoPole that allows you to retrieve it if you drop it overboard. I could use one of those. And you were at the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival last weekend. You want to talk about your presence there and, and how, did you have a booth? And just talk about Virginia Festival. Well, I just, I've actually done that show. For, that was my ninth year of doing that show. I, I was there the second year that Bo started doing it. And it's uh, it's always actually been one of the best places for me to get clients. I mean, the, the kayak fishing crowd is just my, they're my favorite clients. And you being a guide, you can relate to that. It's just a, it's a different breed of people than your bait fishermen. The guys that just want to go out there and just kill fish and, and fill the cooler up, you know. But uh, it's it's been a great, great show. I really enjoy how it caters to the new people. I mean, you get a lot of people that don't know a thing about fly fishing and go to the festival and come back, you know, ready to start. So you're talking about clients. Do most of your clients know how to paddle? Is that something you have to teach them first? And also, do you provide boats or do they show up with their own? Yeah, I provide. They basically just have to get a fishing license. So, <laughs> so they show up, you know, and I have everything ready. But I actually get clients that have their own kayaks and just want to know, you know, how I rig my boats and, and you know, where I go. Of course, they, they want to check the spots out. But I keep a couple of them to myself, you know. Can't, can't give away all the secrets. But it's, it's, it's I'm pretty much a self. I mean, uh, you just show up, you know, and we go fishing. What's the deal with all the stand-up paddleboarders now? Is that good, bad? You just see, Mary, they're all over the Potomac now. And on the suburban lakes, I'm seeing them too. I'm I don't know what to say about. It. I've seen some guys even rig them up for fishing in Virginia Beach, but it, I don't know. They just don't seem to be in a, as efficient as standing up on some of the kayaks that you can stand up on. But you know, it's a great way to exercise, so I can't knock it too much. But you know, teach his own. You ever use a uh, like a push pole with these boats to move around the flats, stockfish? Yeah, the Freedom Hawks actually 
come with one. So, but I'm more of a, I like using the stand up paddleboard. It's the one thing from that sport I guess we have taken is it to me it, it allows you to have a little more you know control, especially in deeper water with that with the with the stand up type kayaks. But uh, yeah, we we pull them around like a, on the flats, and we actually we use that pole to stick it out and stake it out on the bottom too when we want to stop. You got a favorite fish you like to to hunt and, and go for down there? Yeah, I would say it's the redfish or you know or red drum. We we kind of get in that five year cycle, but at times I've had red drum fishing to be better in Virginia Beach than I've ever had in Texas and Florida when I travel south. And uh, they're just such a great fight fish, man. It's, to me, it's awesome. They like the skinny water, and uh, they don't give up. You know, till you get them out of the water. I had another question. It'll come back to me in a moment. <laughs> It was about oh, uh, any like exotic fish come up in the the Gulf Stream that you find up there? Like, you, know, you can catch a couple tarpon up there. Any permit wander up? Maybe some some random sharks. <laughs> we actually have a tarpon fishery on the eastern shore that not a lot of people know about, and it is it is one of those fisheries where you have to really put a lot of time in it. And there's a couple of guys that are investing the time and and the the long paddle to get out there and get them but as for me personally i'm just it's not worth my time to to go out there and catch a bunch of sharks when i can just catch catch them off the beach you know right off the beach there in virginia beach but it does happen when my clients hook a needlefish i refuse to take it off because i consider them just disgusting slimy smelling they bite any fish that you just kind of loathe that your your clients catch yeah i don't like those either but uh oyster toads are pretty nasty and then we also have a fish called a, they call it a stargazer, and it actually can shock you. And it tends to be one that, that will take a fly, especially if you're bottom bouncing a clouser, and it's just a nasty, I mean, it looks like Jabba the Hutt with teeth. Is there any good stories like that? You can tell us any any memorable, without naming names, any, any good stories? I had a client fall off a rock in the Potomac two weeks ago. I, you know, it's, it didn't happen to me, but it, it actually happened to another famous kayak angler, and it was, uh, they were tall talk fishing out at the bridge tunnel, and he, they were fishing with blue crabs, and the guy he was fishing with ran out of crabs, so he was like, okay, will you throw me a crab? So the guy threw him a crab, and of course it went over him and landed in the water behind him, and they're paying a dollar and 25 cent a piece for these crabs, so he was like, all right, I'm going to throw this one in the boat in front of you. And he threw the crab, you know, blue crab in the boat in front of the guy. And the little, you know, blue crabs have a spine on each end of their horn or their their shell. Um, it went between the guy's knee and his kneecap and stabbed him. And so when he pulled it out, blood squirted about six feet out into the water. And the dude passed out and fell off his kayak. So don't throw crabs. Yeah, we were fishing Chesapeake Bay one night. My buddy threw a black cat at me. And I dropped, it exploded on my pontoon boat, and I dropped my rod in the water. <laughs> Luckily, I grabbed it, but it sounds like throwing crabs is pretty dangerous. Yeah, they they got little sticky parts on them for sure. They'll get you. Yeah, we... Getting crabs is not healthy either. <laughs> um, favorite place for your clients to eat when they're down there? Any favorite restaurants? Uh, we go to Chick's Oyster Bar, which is right on the water, so, and you can actually paddle to it if you really want to and there's there's a couple of them right in a little strip right there at the inlet in Linhaven. great seafood it's always a, a good if if they opt we'll stop in and eat lunch and then go fishing again did you see that faa team crash recently down there <laughs> it's funny that you say that because it was about 300 yards from my stepdad's office wow. was he at the show last week no 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 
There's another gentleman who actually like lived across the street from it. Really? Yeah. There's there. You know, it's it's a pretty populated area where it went down. I mean, it was. It could have been a lot worse for them not to have anybody to get hurt. It was just amazing. That's a big plane. It's a good thing you dumped that fuel. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So you mentioned fishing in other parts of the country. You mentioned Hawaii. Have you had any luck in Hawaii? I've only caught lizards fish, needlefish, and a pipe fish last year, and uh, some random like parrot fishing groupers. Yeah, we actually. I hired a guide there. On he's on Oahu. Um, his name's Boogie D. David Elgus is his name. It's Coastal Kayak Adventures, if you look it up online, and he is an excellent guide. And we launched at Sunset Beach and paddled all the way down the North Shore's eight-mile paddle to Haleiwa and trolled live baits while we were paddling along. And we caught several, let's say papillo is what they call it, but it is it is a bluefin trevallis. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was just an awesome little trip, man. And we caught several fish. It was awesome, really cool. I've hooked like seven or eight inches there, and you get them in, and you're surprised at how small they are because yeah. they're that strong. Those those fish definitely got some muscle to them, and, and I'm going to go back. I've got a line on the bone fishery there now too, so next time I go back, I'm going to get me a bone, a double-digit bone there. If you head up towards Nervous Waters Fly Shop, there's a great place called the St. Louis Drive-In that does a plate lunch. So good. Teriyaki, oh. beef, scoop of mac salad, scoop of rice. Yeah, there's a, there's a – we go to – Kailua is where we usually stay, and there's a place there called Kaliki's that is the same way, man. It's just got you all your traditional Hawaii food, man. It's just awesome. Anything but spam. I'll, I'll eat their food, but yeah. <laughs> no spam, Masubi. <laughs> yeah, and definitely we were in Kauai for our honeymoon, and we were like, treated like second-rate citizens, uh, being from the mainland. But people in Oahu definitely seem nicer to us. Well, I mean, they're all about all about the uh, aloha and being being nice and all that and it's i mean like i said you got to find the right people but there are great people there anything else you want to add to the podcast more information where people can find you online yeah you can go to ruthlessoutdooradventures.com and also have a facebook page with the same name you can check me out um also got a new project called kayak fishing tech which is basically where, where i go in and start rigging out boats and we go from all the way from the first step to the end of these rigging out different types of kayaks and you'll be able to see what we do and how we do it very cool well, Corey. thanks for joining us and maybe we'll do a little podcast with the other guys sitting here jim is one of my first clients so we'll get him on in a bit all right thanks send this off to jason thank you for joining us for the fly fishing consultant podcast for more information or to contact rob visit www.robsnowwhite.com